You are now listening to the Claim It Podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman, your joyologist. On this podcast, I have conversations with people who intrigue and inspire me, and we get into their journey, not just what they're up to right now, but what their life has looked like and how they got to where they are today. Because I believe that so often we're putting our feelings outside of us. You know, I'll be successful, I'll be enough, I'll be worthy, I'll be lovable, I'll be fulfilled once I do this. But really, if we keep putting it outside of ourselves, we'll keep on chasing those feelings without really feeling them. It's up to us to claim it every day, sometimes every moment of the day, while we're on our way to doing the big things or just living our life in the now. On today's episode, I have Shaman Durek. He is a sixth-generation shaman, author of the best-selling book, Spirit Hacking. He's been featured all over. He was recently just featured on Vanity Affair, Vanity Affair, Vanity Fair. Gwyneth Paltrow is someone who has been impacted by his work. You know, just I figured of all the people I could name drop, Gwyneth Paltrow is someone that I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so I was so intrigued to talk to him. Our conversation was a little bit short due to some technical difficulties that were happening, but Still loved this conversation, would love to get more into his journey because he started to like bring up things. And I was like, what? I want to talk about that too. There was so much to talk about. But anyway, I hope that you listen with an open mind. And also there's a part where he has me, he like guides me to hold my hand out and feel some energy and even talk to the matrix, I believe he called it. And I'm someone who's a little like woo-woo hesitant. So, and I share that, but anyway, I did feel things and you'll hear what I'm saying, but I asked him after we got off too, is if you guys listening, you all listening, if you followed his instructions when he's telling me to do the things like put your hand out and feel this energy and now say this, if you replied into what you're like, if you would feel it too. And he said, yes. So you can listen to me going through this experience, or you could try to do it with me and pretend like he is talking to you. I don't know. Try it out. It was pretty freaking interesting. All right. So um, let's get into the episode. Just a little note. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. The reviews really help podcasts become more discoverable. And if you do leave a review, screenshot it to me and send it to at podcast at yourdoyologist.com and I'll send you a gift from my product line. All right, here we go. So I like starting sort of at the beginning. What was life like growing up for you? Where did you grow up? I grew up in two places. I grew up in Foster City. It's a little town outside of San Francisco. And I also grew up in Hawaii and Oahu in several places in Hawaii. Haleiwa, Eva Beach, and Red Hill, and Waikiki side. So I was bouncing back and forth between my uncle and auntie's house and so forth, but spent most of my time in Hawaii and in California. And life growing up, well, it was a bit tumultuous, um, you know, because I think, I think being in a family, Hawaiian culture is very a challenging culture to be a child in because there's a lot of abuse. And so with a lot of people who come to the island don't know that the kids in Hawaii are highly abused. 
but they see it as a form of discipline, but it's, it's really abuse. And so growing up in a family where, you know, we have the shamanic side of my family and then my father, my grandfather, who wanted to pull everyone away from that shamanic side and went into seven day Venice, because in shamanism, when you bring it from African culture, you have to hide it in the old days, in the 18 and 1700s, you had to hide it after slavery. So they turned it into Catholicism. They hid it under Catholicism. And so when, so what happens is that way you don't get in troubles and you would practice what you practice within your family of your roots from Africa, which is mines from Ghana and from the Yoruban culture, from the Yoruban tribe. So my grandmother was, uh, and my great grandmother and my great grandfather and all of them were all um, seeped in the Yoruban tribe culture. They were shamans in that culture. And then when they started traditionalizing it into modern day, they started changing their names from shamans to spiritualists, but we are actually really shamans. And so then when my grandfather married my grandmother from that culture, he was a part of it. And then he walked away from it because he felt like the world wasn't going to be able to accept their way of life. And so he became um, Seventh-day Adventist. And, um, and then, so it was like kind of this, this hodgepodge of Seventh-day Adventist, but my father has all these powers, but he was training with my grandmother, but then I have all these powers and I'm developing them very quickly. So quickly that it was a little bit scary for me because, you know, when you wake up as a kid and you go through the house and you look and you see like energy waves off of walls or you look at people and you see different faces of theirs changing in front of you. And then you start realizing, whoa, is who are these, what are these faces that I'm seeing, you know? And how come this person I see talking, I see black stuff coming out of their mouth, whereas another person's talking, all this golden white lights coming out of their mouth. And so, you know, from my dad telling my father these things and him telling me like, Yes, that's a part of who we are. We have these gifts and so forth, but you can't tell people about it because people are going to find you weird and they're going to attack you and it's going to be difficult for you. So it was kind of insulated. And then having my dad, every time I walk in the door, check my pockets to make sure no one put a spell on me or put something oh. in my pocket. He would write my name in all my clothes while so he knew that I came back with my clothes. And when the housekeeper was there, he'd make her go through all our clothes that we wore and go through our closet to make sure every name is on every jacket, every shirt and every pants so that nothing came from anyone else's house. Because in our culture, someone can put a spell on a shirt or a jacket or put something in your pocket like rice or some kind of mixture of something and then bring, you know, this, you know, not so great energy into your home. And so even though he was like, don't observe it 100%, he mm. was still living it, you know? And then also trying to please my, people please my grandfather who wanted to push it away and become this Seventh-day Adventist, turning our kitchen into a kosher kitchen where you have like your meat side and your cheese and dairy side and you honor the Shabbat so you only turn one candle on and every, all the lights go off and you, you sit and you just focus on God and you follow the holy days. So you have like Yom Kippur, you have like Rosh Hashanah, you have like all of these, you know, and then you go to church as well and study the Bible like strictly to the point where, you know, my grandfather was so intense that if he, if he would ask you scriptures in the Bible and if you didn't know those scriptures, he'd have you sit on your knees and sometimes put rice on the floor or um, some type of um, corn mill until you can actually remember the verse that you're talking about. And it was really intense. And so for me, I was always on this mission to prove my grandfather's, uh, like, 
I'm sorry, but you know, so when someone tells me that on one side of my family, creation is all of us, it's the trees, it's nature, it's everything, it's the breath, it's you, it's me, we're the same soul embodied in different aspects of creation. And then on the other hand, you're telling me that God is mad, can get mad at me and send me to hell and punish me and all of these things. I started questioning it as a young kid around six, seven years old. I started finding that um, there was a lot of um, places where I didn't feel trusting in what my grandfather was saying, you know, and I couldn't understand how there could be a creator that could think so less then what do we have to look forward to in our evolution? So I was thinking like as a kid, so I was very quiet and I didn't talk, I was very shy. And I was still watching the spirits and seeing energies and everything. And so, you know, my stepmom who came in, my mom who's Norwegian and West Indian, her and my dad split, she went to New York. My dad stayed in California. And his, the reason why we ended up in Hawaii is because his new wife is Hawaiian Filipino. So she came in and she was a devout Catholic. And so hers was rosaries and Hail Marys and, you know, very crazy. And I'm doing, and I'm learning about magic and how energy moves and spirits are talking to me at night, telling me if you draw this symbol at this time, at this moment, this energy opens up and you can channel that energy into your body to help people with this thing and this thing and that thing. So I'm listening to this and my, I'm telling my dad and my dad's like, yeah, keep doing that. Like that's, who, that's our roots. But also you need to study religion as well, because that's also part of us now. So it was kind of, wow, very <laughs> yeah. confusing, you know, very confusing and hiding it from friends at school. And sometimes it would slip out and come out. Um, and then people think I'm a freak or they'd be scared of me because I would know too much or I had powers that they couldn't understand how it came and like what it's about. Like, watch, put, a, put your finger like this. Just put your finger up like this. Oh, me. Yeah. Put your finger like this. <laughs> Okay, give me a second. Interesting, you have some distortions in your energy field that needs to be shifted. Um, it's you taking on everyone's stuff. Uh, your, your energy shifts, give me a second and tell me when you feel electricity at the tip of your finger. Now say, drop me into observation to be aware of the energy. Say, say that. Words. Drop me into observation to be, to be in, aware of the energy. To be aware of the energy. Drop me into observation to be aware of the energy. Good. And then tell me when you feel something on your finger. I don't know. Any sensation? I don't feel like I'm feeling anything. I'm like trying. Okay. No, no, no. But that's the thing. Yeah. So I'm gonna show you because I'm like, what's no, no, coming? But that's, what I'm saying. that's the distortion that I'm talking about. So I'm going to show you something. Watch. <laughs> I'm going to show you something so you can understand this is what the rest of the world is doing. So you can understand the world in which I live in. As I'm doing that, your brain is analyzing everything. Okay. <laughs> so and the reason why you're analyzing is it's because you were taught in this world to analyze because the system that you live in wants you to analyze, you can never be in your power because analyzing actually comes from this world. It's the knowledge and information of this world. So again, put your hand out in front of me. I'm going to show you again. A different way, this way, flat out. You just go that. Say, generate an energy ball in my hand. Generate an energy ball in my hand. Drop me into observation. Drop me into observation. 
to experience it. To experience it. And what's happening now? I'm starting to feel some movement in my hand, like above exactly. my hand. Now, yeah. now, this is what you do as a human being. This is the difference between my world and your world that you live in. Acknowledge it with respect. Say, I felt that. I felt that. Now say, grow stronger. Grow stronger. Yeah, but I can feel my brain already like trying to get in the way. <laughs> That's not your brain. That's not your brain. Right. Oh. I this feel- is why people go into depression. This is why people have anxiety. This is why mental health is a big problem on our planet is because they think it's their brain. Now watch. Say the voice that's trying to analyze right now. The voice that's trying to analyze right now. Are you me? Are you me? All I feel is no. Mm-mm. So then why are you trying to, why are you trying to hijack, hijack my process of consciousness? Then why are you trying to hijack my process of consciousness? <laughs> the first thing I felt was, why not? It's <laughs> okay. Good. It's good. You're doing great. I'm now like, I'm say, trying to be harder. I'm just being honest with what's coming up. <laughs> yes. That's what I want. I want you to be honest. Good. Now say, um, are you coming from the matrix? Are you coming from the matrix? I heard yes, and I don't want to say that because my my or my something is like, no, what's the matrix? <laughs> yes, because that's the whole idea is that they want you to believe that they don't exist. I now, immediately went this. into questioning. I'm like, shush. Hey, you know right. Shaman Durek and what Shaman Durek oh. does? Ask it. This is making me nervous. <laughs> okay, let's not curse yourself. Let's not curse yourself. I said, this is making me nervous. Making me nervous. That's a curse. Because you're deciding what you want your body to create as far as people and what types of things you want your brain to do by saying, this is making me nervous. Then your brain, your body goes, okay, nervousness being created. Well, we'll release some cortisol. We'll release some of your adrenals. We'll do this. We'll do that. And then all of a sudden you get nervous. So we Mm. never want to speak commands to our body. Mm. So, So say, do you know Shaman Durek? Do you know Shaman Durek? Yes. And what do you think about Shaman Durek and, 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 his un, and his unveiling of your world? And what do you think of Shaman Durek and his unveiling of your world? I heard I don't like it. <laughs> and I don't like him, it might have been. Do you, do, does your kind continue to think that you can enslave our species? Does your kind continue to believe you can enslave our species? I couldn't even get through the whole thing without hearing, feeling yes, very strongly. And if we were to come back into our true selves, could you enslave us anymore? And if we were able to come back into our true selves, would you be able to enslave us anymore? I felt a no, and I also felt like this energy drop. Mm-hmm. And say... Did you know I was going to see Shaman Durek today and reveal you? Did you know I was going to see Shaman Durek today and reveal you? I heard yes. And you do realize that Shaman Durek being with me right now, that we cannot have you uh, hijacking my consciousness. And you do realize with being with Shaman, wait. Being here with Shaman Durek. That's okay. Being here with Shaman Durek, we can't have you hijacking my consciousness. Yes. So we are taking you back to the source. So we are taking you back to the source. 
And we're using the alchemy to change you back to your original form. And we're using the alchemy to change you back to your original form. How do you feel now that you've been brought back to the source? I feel uh, freer, can more light. I can really feel like heart energy. Mm-hmm. Ask it. How do you feel now? Ask it. How do you feel now? I heard free. Yeah. And do you see what you were doing to me when you were hi- hijacking me because of the matrix? That's for me to say. Mm-hmm. And do you see what you were doing to me when you were hijacking the matrix? Hijacking me for the matrix. Hijacking me for the matrix. I felt, yes, making you smaller. That's right. And do you have any words to say now that you are part of the source again in your original form? Oh, me. Ask it. Oh. (laughs) Do you have any words to say now that you are back part of the source and in your original form? I felt I'm right where I belong. Very good. Thank you. You can return back to the center of the source. Thank you. You can return back to the center of the source. Now, you want to see how much power you gain just by releasing that? Say, make me lighter in my body. Make me lighter in my body. Mm -hmm. I feel it. Yeah. Open up my heart and bring the fire of unconditional love through. Open up my heart and bring the fire of unconditional love through. For people who can't tell by my voice, I am starting to cry. (laughs) Okay, I love you. (laughs) Together, I love you, sweetheart. Oh, I love you. Thank you. For anyone listening, I have not. I've met Shaman Durek once while we were both speaking at the same event. We really do not know each other or have had (laughs) an actual like conversation before this. Besides, hi, nice to meet you. I maybe gave you my affirmation deck. I don't remember. <laughs> but just for people listening, we don't have a long, deep relationship here. <laughs> Not at all. It's yes. nice to meet you. <laughs> but I know who you are before this body. Uh, so, yeah, um, going to your childhood and through that, because so it sounds like your father did incur- it, he told you, no, like, don't go into this. But it also sounds like you were telling him what was going on. And so you at least had a space to talk to him, even though he would be telling you, like, don't do, like, be quiet about it or people are going to think you're weird. But he did in some way, you know, allow, like, nurture that or, like, so you didn't feel so lost and confused about, because I can't imagine what that would feel like. Because right now as an adult, like, I'm like, ooh, what's happening? What? Like, I want to be, like, shut down. No. (laughs) Yeah, but I think also, I think what... I don't want. I feel like I am, have been trained to not allow myself to go there. Or something. Well, you've been programmed. Yes. That's how, I mean, the system has to program you so you'll never see these powers and no one will. So you'll always be a codependent human being operating on the context that they put in front of you. But if we, if we understand the, the dynamics of ourselves in the core essence of what we really are, there is nothing that can hold us or limit us on any level, we've actually allowed it to be that way. So for me, even when my father was like, no, I'm not gonna talk to you about that, spirits would come in my room and say, I'll talk to you about that. And so they would come in and sit with me on the floor and draw symbols and say, this is how you do this, and this is how you do this, and this is how you help awaken people to be able to see this realm, and this is how you connect to nature spirits, and this is how you do this. And And then they would test me to see if I believed that I was really connecting with them. They would say, you know, at this 
time we want you to do this. Or there's a woman on a bench two blocks down. And, you know, you're like, okay, I'm hearing the spirit telling me there's a woman on a bench two blocks down. Um, they're like, walk to the bench. The woman will be there. Tell her her son will make it through the surgery. And so I'm like, okay. So I walk down two blocks and there's this woman sitting on the bench. And I sit next to her and I go, I know things are difficult and you don't know me. And she goes, excuse me. And she's like, are you talking to me? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, uh, okay. She's like, so what, what are you talking about? I said, well, I have a message from, from God. And she's like, what's the message? And I said, the message is your son's going to make it through the surgery. And she just goes, oh my God. And she just held me and started crying. And so things like that, or for instance, like, you know, um, just little things like telling friends, don't go on this trip because there's going to be this situation. The spirits were like, and what the spirits do in shamanism, how they know that you're the shaman. A lot of people will go to these shaman schools and do all these things and you can learn shamanism. Yes. But there's a point where you have to devote your life to the people. You have to devote your life to the being an ambassador for the spirit world, even if people don't understand you or think it's weird or dark or whatever it may be. And so there's a there's a point of, of where you actually have to choose you over another person. And that's a real challenge for a lot of human beings because a lot of human beings require accolades. They require someone to give them permission to be comfortable loving themselves. And we don't need someone to give us permission to tell us how much we can love ourselves, how much we can see ourselves and how much we can be ourselves, right? And that's what, that's what the system has done. It's built that in religion. It's built that in the government. It's built that in school. It's built that in every institution to make you afraid. And it's literally domesticated human beings and using fear tactics to keep you from seeing yourself. So you'll always think something's wrong with you because your creator thinks something's wrong with you or your teacher, your authority or your parents. And and so my whole idea, you know, in defying my family and not going along just with the religion, because I did study the religion and I did go to Christian school and learn from them and listen to my and, and have Bible studies with my grandfather and the family members. But then I had the other side of my family was like, don't fall 100% into that. Remember who you are and we'll give you tools and teachings to help you through this process. And then the spirits will give you the rest. And so, so the ancestors of my tribe, of my family's culture and lineage came to me, not only them, but also the Viking ones from my, my mother's side of the family from Norway. And so again, you have this, this, this really part of you where, you know, you're being told by people that you're schizophrenic, that you're, mm. you know, you're hallucinating, that you're, these things aren't real. And yet at the same time, I would go like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, sure. And then I have to call their, their lie their, they, that they don't know, they can't see and really be okay with humanity's ignorance to what's out there and what's possible. And so when a kid comes to me and says, hey, I see a shadow on my wall or uh, there's something under my bed or something in my closet, I'm not the, the, the person who's gonna be like, no, you're making that up. I'm gonna help them navigate that and give them the tools, the awareness of what that is, how, how, to, how to clear it, how to move it out of your room. When someone is holding you down, and you feel you can't move and you feel like you, you, you try to scream, but you can't open your mouth. Or when you feel like you're, you're, you're lifting above your body, then you feel like you fell buildings down and you jump into your body again like that. There's all of these things that human beings don't know. And science keeps saying, oh, it's just, 
you know, it's, it's just this, it's just that, but it's not. And, and I'm not going to stand by anymore and let the world keep lying to people about what is possible for them to have sustainable joy, sustainable happiness, sustainable freedom, sustainable everything. We are always looking outside at the sustainability of what can happen through our resources, but we forget the most important resource is us. And I'm just, I'm so over this, this depleted behavior of humanity of creating technology, creating industry, industry to, be, to make human beings obsolete. When we are the programmers of technology, we are the creators of industry. We are the ones who are putting our intellect, our emotional intelligence, and our, our ingenuity into these ideas. So how do we format that in a way that's ethical, loving, supportive, nurturing, immersive, and helps us to enhance ourselves, but not to make us codependent? Trisha here bringing you a brief interruption. I am so excited and proud to announce this dream product that I've wanted to make is now a reality. You can get it in my shop, shop.yourjoyologist.com. It is a daily intention, connection, and reflection journal. So I have created the things that I would come back to over the years when I was not feeling like, you know, I was loving my life and living my life. When I feel stuck, when I feel like, what the heck am I going to do? When I just wanted things and they weren't happening. And also when I was getting the things and also maybe not really like appreciating them. Basically all the time, <laughs> these practices are great for you to get you connected to you. So on every right side of the page, because it's a wire-bound notebook, so let's say you're opening it flat, on the right page, there's this daily template of things to fill out, and on the left side is lined pages. So you can use those lined pages for extra journaling, using it more like a planner, more of brainstorming for more to-do items. So it starts with three I am statements, calling yourself into what you want for yourself. That could be an affirmation like, I am enough. I am getting shit done today, or calling yourself into something that you want in your future. I am in a committed relationship where I feel seen and heard. So you have to like sit and think about that for a couple minutes. What do I want? So you're getting connected to you. Then you choose how you want to feel today. Again, get intentional. How do I want to feel today? I want to feel at peace. I want to feel at ease. And I want to feel vibrant. So yeah, you can feel vibrant and at ease at the same time. <laughs> then put down your top three to-dos for the day. And so again, so this is something you could do like that top half in the morning and then the bottom half in the afternoon, or you could do it all at once. So you're bringing this around with you for the day. Maybe you use it in addition to a planner. Maybe it's just the only thing you need. So my top three want to do items instead of, you know, you have an endless list of things, which I have, I will, my I will list also in the shop that has endless things about to do. And then there's a grateful section, a wins and joys section. So you got to celebrate yourself, celebrate what happened today. You know, it can be something like, I took my kids out to eat because I didn't feel like cooking and they actually ate the food because I know if you're a parent and you probably get it, you're like, let's go out to eat. And then you spend money and then your kids eat nothing and you're like, Ugh. <laughs> so yesterday I 
got food from a restaurant and my kids ate it all. So that was a major win. It also could be if you're like, I don't even know, I don't have a win. If you're feeling down, think about what's something that brought you joy today. And if you're like, man, I don't even know, then you can in that moment do, all right, looks like I need to do a joy check-in and what will bring me joy? Maybe I'll listen to my favorite song. Maybe I'll watch a show I love. Maybe I, you know, whatever. You will then be connected to yourself and reflecting. And the last part is acknowledging yourself. So often we're hard on ourselves. I haven't done this yet. I didn't get enough done today. I haven't, I'm not here yet. Look at that person. They have all this. What do I have? So the last step is acknowledging yourself, acknowledging yourself for anything. I acknowledge myself for showing up for life. I acknowledge myself for taking care of myself. I acknowledge myself for being an amazing friend. I acknowledge myself for, you know, sitting down to write in this journal, even though I don't know what to put in it. because that means I am taking any time for me. All right. So those are the things. Go check it out in the shop, shop shop.yourdwildist.com, the daily connection journal. It comes with two different cover options and the insides are the same. Let's get back to the episode. Yes, there's so many things in what you have said that I could agree on and take tangents on, which I, I mean, I do agree on. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm full, all for it. And that's, I mean, the reason this podcast is claim it is that meaning that so often we are putting our, oh, I'll be feel enough, worthy, successful, fulfilled once I do this, have this, be this. We're constantly putting it outside of ourselves. And we might feel a glimmer of it when that happens, but then you're just constantly looking outside so that it's up to us to claim it for ourselves every day, sometimes every moment of the day, because shit happens and comes up that can try to steal it away from you or and we forget that yeah we can come back to ourselves but i get back into your journey a bit so yeah we heard about childhood and starting to learn these things and yeah there's so many questions i could ask you but so what happens as you get older and like did you always know like i'm going to you know fully own my shaman powers and share this with the world or did you like go to call get a get a regular job do this like what was your evolution in the world and then coming into your full like okay i need to share this with the world like no more hiding i don't know if you ever were hiding but like did you hide it for as you got older and then hide it yes and i wasn't quite sure how i was going to go about implementing a structure that allows shamanism to be more mainstream and uh, and operate in a modern context because the way shamanism is taught can come off as a little too much for for the conventional mind and so i started to really think about it from a scientific point of view and started thinking about it from a way so i started working um first my first couple jobs didn't do really well I was working for Noah's Bagels and that didn't do well because I started giving all the bagels away to people. And I thought <laughs> I had a different viewpoint of what it meant to be a part of a business. I thought when I signed that contract, I was a partner in the business. And so I started, people came and was like, oh my God, I was like, I love your energy here. The sandwich is on us, you know? <laughs> my boss, Marlena, was like, "This who's been drinking all the yuhus? I'm like, I did. And she's like, um, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it's our business. You know, we should be able to give sandwiches. We have so much stuff, you know. And she's that I'm signing then she's like this is an employee you work for us and I was like oh and I got fired I didn't get <laughs> These to make things it. cost us money uh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
my family, all my friends laughed at me. They're just like, Derek, you are just like living in another world. So, and then it was great. Then I got a job at Nature Company at a body shop, which was cool. Um, Nature Company was great because I got to work in the mineral department so I could get to share with people about crystals. They Mm. wanted me to talk about it in the more like conventional way where I was explaining to people, I'll give you the conventional way, but this one comes from Madagascar and da, da, da. But if you do this, 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 and this, this will happen. So it was good. That sounded like a great spot for you. Yeah. You know, then I worked as a warehouse uh, person who like put boxes on on trucks and all this. And Spirit was like, you're, you're very uncomfortable about bringing this to the people. So find something that makes it easier for you. So I went to school at National Holistic Institute, which is a school for massage therapy, um, both Eastern, Western, and understanding, um, uh, you know, everything from physiology, kinesiology, pathology. And working, you got to take secondary courses with cadavers and you got to do all this really great stuff to learn about the physicality and how to be able to structure that into a a scientific, more modern way of people understanding their bodies and in the context of their body which made it easier for me to bring shamanism through because I found an outlet and it was like, oh yeah, I can actually teach people about shamanism through helping them understand how their body's network operates. And then I started working with this guy named Dr. David um, out of the San Francisco Medical Research Foundation and the Global Peace Foundation. I was working for him secondary, which was helping me understand holistic medicine, understanding holistic therapies, um, and then really learning about how sound development, uh, because you know, this is, you're talking, this is early 90s. You, you know, we didn't have whole foods. We didn't have, you know, Manchurian mushroom. I remember when I first discovered it, you know, blue-green algae was like very hard to come by. And this doctor was cutting edge, working with all of these different things and, and, and giving it to patients who, of course, were getting benefits from it. And so I was very interested about all of these different things and how people were affected by the different types of sources of mushrooms and different things that they were being um, given and so forth. So having that awareness of Nationalistic Institute, working with this doctor, I opened up this center called um, the Healing Temple. And, um, and it was called Embraced by Light. And it was a facility incorporating a holistic therapy, massage therapy, and shamanism in a way that people can understand it as a comprehensive, integrative uh, technique. I remember my dad made a joke about it because I first started the business out of our house, and it was in the back part of our house. And I was young at the time, and I was about 17 17 years old and I was and I to this day I have a friend I just spoke to yesterday and he's like I came to you when I was 30 something years old working with a 17 year old and I'm thinking what am I doing and he's like and everything you did you know changed my life and today this guy's in his 50s you know um late 50s but he said like you know you changed my life and the life of so many of my friends and you were this young kid and I was thinking I'm getting all this information from this young kid about how to better my marriage, my relationships, you know, all these different things. And I was helping so many people. So I integrated it in that way to bring it to the world. And then I found um, a structure of redesign, which is I'm going to go and study other people's cultures so I can really understand why human beings think the way they do. So I can start bringing it to the mental health 
um, to people who have depression, uh, autistic kids, you know, all of these different things. So I, I, I started studying uh, really heavy into the Bible. And then I moved to Israel and studied the Torah and the Talmud, lived there for like four years. Then I spent time in Palestine and Egypt and then moved to Turkey and started uh, learning about the Quran and having someone teach me about the Quran in their language, learning Turkish. Um, and then I started building a huge women's network of Muslim and Israeli women. And I started doing mediation. I met this woman and she taught me mediation. And I was like, I want to do mediation. How does that like that? Like, <laughs> like all of these things, just like, oh, to do, to do, to do. But like all of this to me, I'm like, those were all like big steps, things like not no big deal. Let me just move here and study this. I'm just going to, oh, let me just start mediation between these cultures. Like, what? But it's, I mean, I'm guessing, is it the fact that you have this connection with the spirits or the sh what, shamanistic powers or what would it, how would you yeah. call it? Like that you're able to trust yourself? Shamanism is based in relationships. So it's relationship to food, relationship to your environment, your relationship to your body, relationship to others, your ancestors, nature, animals. So it's the type of relationship. It's like when you decided to drop into observation, you started a relationship with yourself because most human beings don't live in observation. They live in analyzation. And so they're not ever having a relationship with themselves when they're analyzing. You can never enter a new way of thought. And this is even Einstein's theory. You can never enter a new way of thought by going in it with the same technology that you've garnered from the way in which you think. So if you want to go into something new, you've got to completely strip yourself, release yourself from the way in which you've been perceiving life and, and analyzing it. And so analyzing information is literally a downfall for humanity because it, it makes you go into what I call a perpetual groundhog's day because you're constantly cycling the same way of looking at things instead of actually stepping outside of your way that you were taught to think and look at things completely different. I feel like everything that you just said, I'm going to need to add to the book that I'm writing right now about eliminating the word should yeah. from your life. I'm writing a book about the fact, like I eliminated the word should from my life in 2008. And now the word that mostly I use instead is want. But it basically every time I still feel shoulds daily, but it's sort of like a road, like, like a slow, like a speed bump. There we go. It makes me stop. And it does make me reevaluate. Wait, what am I thinking? What am I doing? Why do I think I want to do this? Like, so it makes me question and then come into the present moment of me right now in this moment. And what do I want? And not like, oh, I should do that. I should whatever. I should take a walk. I should reply this email. I should whatever. I should be whatever it is. It come, the shoulds come up constantly. And it is. It's like what you're saying, like the groundhog. We just go. And it's so unconscious. Most people don't even realize that they use the word should and that they lean on it all day long because we're so unconscious of it. So that, like, for me, it's like a constant reawakening and facing myself, this taking this word out. It's just what you, the word should is just you using fear as a motivational tool. And the thing is, you don't need fear as a motivation. You need love, joy, pleasure, ecstasy, bliss, elation, you know, turn on. Like being turned on by something is so much better to move in that direction organically than it is based on you should or you have to. Yeah, it's it's a big energetic shift just switching those words out and then it makes you think even like well, why? Because yeah. <laughs> then you begin to like blur the boundaries of this dissonance and this idea of domestic domestication with with punishment. It's the idea of if I don't and I and if I like if you should and you have to and if what if I don't then you're going to get in trouble. It's kind of bring me back to my to being a kid 
versus like opening up the space to like what is pleasurable to you, what feels like turned on for you, like where you feel energetically like vibing with. Yeah. So, yeah. So thank you for helping me even more prove my point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I am going to be like, note to go listen to this interview and when writing for that chapter. But okay, we don't have super much time. So you went on this doing so many different things. And again, that's still like, is that seems like a lot of explorational time and like you're trusting your powers and what you're feeling, but you're still not necessarily like teaching it without. And did you ever feel like, yeah, what is right now? What are you in writing the book and in your work now? Are you wanting people to align more with their selves to open up to these powers themselves? Like, it seems to me that you're really are wanting to wake people up in many ways. The thing is people right? are already awake. And so the idea that we keep saying wake people up is like, it's, it's, it, yeah, they're already awake, but the part that needs to wake up is the part that actually sees the woken one. So it's like, you're already awake. Like when people are like, oh, that person needs to wake up. I'm like, oh no, they're, they're awake. But the part that's awake isn't being able to interact with the one that's that's running the show. So the so it's about getting you to see the the one that's awakened and being able to merge the consciousness that you've been given by this world and the institutions of education and so forth into the part that's already woken and sees the the the, the whole entire game that that's being laid in front of you. It sees the board, it sees every move you can make that leads you to success or into, you know, uh, uh, uncomfortableness, right? And so the key element is um, because, you know, you made a comment saying earlier, like, oh, you did all these things, like these are really big things and whatever. And what guided me to those things was a lot of the suffering and pain that I felt inside of my life. So instead of saying, okay, I had to, I was, you know, molested as a kid. I, I've been, you know, beaten. I've gone through all these different uh, situations in my life. Instead of utilizing, um, you know, where some people utilize that as a weight that makes them, you know, stand still and, and get stuck in the graveyard of their past, which is what I say, digging up bones and, 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 you know, calling up zombies to follow you around through life. I mean, you know, you can choose to do that if you want to. However, it's not going to lead you anywhere. So what I do is take the energy that I felt from these painful experiences and utilize them as what we call, you know, a launching fuel to launch myself in those directions. You know, I went to Israel in the middle of a war and everyone thought I was crazy. And I was like, I'm okay. Because if I'm going to blow up here, then that's where I'm choosing to, that's what's going to happen. But I know that that's not my path. So I'm not making it my path. But again, it's all about how much consciousness are you willing to have with yourself in that utilizing that fuel? Because a lot of people don't utilize the fuel that they've been given. They see it as a, oh, this horrible thing happened to me. Like, yeah, but you've got so much fuel from that. Let's use that. Like, look at people like Basquiat or Salvador Dali, you know, are some of the most amazing sculptors, are amazing playwrights, and people who've been out there in the world, like transforming consciousness came from, look at Helen Keller, who's a perfect person because I really love and respect Helen Keller taking that fuel of the suffering and pain of being deaf and blind and, and not being able to function in, in, in the way that you would like to function and utilizing the, the fuel of you cannot and it's not possible to possibility. That is a joy. That's a joy burst right there. It's like literally it opens you up to a different perception 
of reality where you're not digging up graveyards. You're actually going, okay, I'm going to take the energy from this pain, this hurt, this suffering, and I'm going to utilize it to launch myself in all of those directions. I mean, just look at how many more women have gotten into women empowerment since, since you know, Trump started making comments about women. You know, it's like, unfortunately, I mean, in shamanism, we see these people as we call them the great agitators. But sometimes you need to get a little agitated to get a little movement under your ass so you can actually create something that's life enhancing and changing for the global family, not just for the individual. Yeah, I totally get that. Oh, yeah. And that's what I was asking, what I wanted to ask earlier too, when you're doing all of these things and st- and you still like you were working your shamanism, I guess, but you're not necessarily like teaching other people. Is it just you're listening to yourself like you're showing up? The reason you go to Israel in the middle of a war. Did I say right. the right country? <laughs> OK, like, is it, you know, again, like you're sort of like just trusting this feeling that you have within. And if, if we're going to think very basic level of just, you know, people out there like listening that are like shamanism, uh, whatever, I'm a white person with no ants, you know, you know, we can think I don't have any ancient this to that. Like, how can I channel this into my own life? Like, what does that look like for me? Is it just trusting yourself more? Is it? No, it's falling. It's, it's, It's really, it's falling in love with you in a new way. It's like human beings, have been taught to always look outside of themselves, compare themselves uh, to another person mm-hmm. or to, to decide who and what they can become by what's going on outside of them. And when you actually get back into your throne, which is the real place, it's like the juicy place. It's like the, it's like the place that creation God wants you to never leave. It's like getting on that throne. And when you sit on that throne, you go, oh my goodness, like, I get to create my life exactly as I wanted to create it, regardless of what anyone thinks. And if anyone has a problem with it, that's because they're not creating their life the way they want to. So they're getting uncomfortable with me. So I should make them more uncomfortable and get more lit and get more empowered and, and like taking myself to the next level, you know? And it's like, so, so it's like shamanism is not about banging drums and taking plant medicine as a lot of Westerners have turned <laughs> shamanism into and that the only consciousness of shamanism exists in Mexico, Peru, and, and uh, South America. Shamanism it exists in all cultures, in all um, cultures since the dawning of time. You know, And the core of shamanism literally is sociology. It's, it's, it's understanding um, you know, anthropology. It's understanding psychology, not from the psychological point where it's analyzing the mind, but it's observing the self with emotional intelligence, which means we're aware of the emotions, but we're not reacting to life. We're observing life and deciding where we want to invest our energy into because where we invest is where the seed grows. And so we look at it in the relationship of if you want to grow something in nature, you have to have a relationship with the seed. Every day you got to go and you're going to have to like water it and, and nurture it and make sure it has what it's need, what it needs um, to be able to blossom into this beautiful thing. And so that's basically what you're doing to yourself. You're just basically going, I see myself as this amazing seed. And I am going to nurture the crazy out of it to like make this thing like grow, 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 something absolutely amazing, you know, and like literally that allows other people to grow their seed and honor and nurture their field. That's why I love this one scripture where it says, tend to your own garden, tend to your own field. It says in the Bible, because it's the whole idea that if you're tending in someone else's field or you're in someone else's garden, your garden is actually getting neglected. 
And that neglect will show up in your life as not having enough money, not having relationship, not having a, a focus and direction of where you want to put your love and passion into, not having what you need for your physical body, not having what you need for your, for your rest and rejuvenation. All of these things will fall by the wayside because you're choosing uh, collectively to be in someone else's garden. So I always say, get out, of, get out of their garden. You know, you have your own garden, your own kingdom to tend to. Get back to your throne. Your throne has been missing and your kingdom needs some running. Okay, there's some things that you need to do in your kingdom and it requires you to sit on your throne. So go back to your throne and get out of their business. Stop trying to prove them right or you're right or who's wrong and who's this and who's that. No, we don't have no time for your rights and wrongs and everyone's got an opinion. But the question is, and I say this all the time, is the opinion supportive globally for all of us to thrive and have what we need? Or is the opinion just for your need to feel validated that you are quote unquote smart? And remember, intelligence isn't based on winning. Intelligence is based on how many lives can you affect in the most beautiful and most loving way to create global change for yourself and for everyone else. That's true intelligence. So wisdom is, can be acquired through school, through knowledge, but wisdom is nothing. It is like the wind. It is liftless. It has no power until you have directed into something that affects change in the lives of others. So a true person of wealth and a true person of stature and a true person of influence is someone who is in relationship with their community, relationship with themselves and tending to their field as they're teaching others to tend to their field. So when someone comes into my space and is like, Shaman Dirk, Shaman Dirk, I'm like, put your hands down, get back over to your field and become the powerful being that you were born to be. I'm not into your codependency because your, your flowers and your, your tree and all your things in your garden is withering, boo. So you need to get over there really quickly and go and water them and give them some love and some nurturing. And then we can come together and share our wonderful vegetables and our resources together and create more for other people so they can tend to their garden so that our planet will have no more hunger. We don't need war for, for resolution. We don't need to continue to hold women back from their intrinsic wisdom and their quantum ability to see and perceive danger with their amazing overdeveloped amygdala. We don't need to be able to, we don't need to hold back the essence of creation that all it wants to do is shine forth and build the most beautiful heaven on earth. Why are we limiting God from building heaven on earth? Because we have, we get butt hurt. We got to get out of that. <laughs> I know it's so often it's like usually when there's internal distress it's because you're looking outside of yourself and comparing yourself or whatever I'm afraid of being judged we're so like so much of our lives are dictated but the fear of what we think other people will think of us it's like well what the fuck do you think about yourself Who cares? what if you ask yourself that <laughs> everyone's operating at a different evolutionary field so what what is this oh. <laughs> I was gonna get to the things I ask everybody oh, okay good. okay and- <laughs> You're like, what? No. yeah, I'm trying to wrap us up since we're short on time. These are all phrases uh, that go on keychains in my product line. And I have every guest pick not necessarily which phrase they like the most, but which one they feel um, they want as a reminder in their life right now and why. I would say I trust the timing of my life. And why are you feeling that one right because now? Because I am a type of person that where I come from in the realm that I come from, things move at a different pace. 
So where I come from in the spirit world, if I want a hamburger, let's just say, but I'm not going to have a hamburger, but let's say I want something else, like anything. Like in heaven, when you want to eat something, you can eat it. If you don't want to eat it, you don't have to. And it tastes way better than it does here. So I come from that. So I come from the plane where if I want to see ocean, ocean's in front. And if I want to jump in the water and turn into a dolphin, I can. And there's no time lapse in it. And so being in a dense planet, when I know who I am, it's a challenge for me because I go into this thing like, oh, that's right. Human beings chose time in this dimension. And time does have, you know, time is fair for giving and revealing and it has its moments, but sometimes it gets under my last nerves because sometimes I would like to and have it happen right now, you know? And, and, and where I come from, that's what happens when you want something there because you just, you desire, you're the creator. So you, you're creating it immediately. If you want a whole universe where everyone's flying around and that's what you do, that will, that's available to you. That's why when you talk to beings in heaven, they're like, how's heaven? They're like, oh my God, it's amazing. Because it's literally a giant playground that never stops changing to a greater playground into a more funner playground because you can manifest instantly. Whereas here, everything's in a density. So it's a slow wave. So everything moves through these slow motions, molecules and projections and energies that have to collide with one another and build these scapes of consciousness and then merge to the person to bring the right person in their life, the right situation, the right moment, the right blood, this and that. So for me, sometimes I get frustrated because I'm like, oh. and then my ancestors come to me and they're like, everything is going to happen, child. You are in a density field. It's all being set up. And just because it's not showing up right now doesn't mean that it's not heading your way. Be patient and know that time is exactly where it needs to be as according to what is necessary for you to garner the greatest level of joy and happiness from when it does show up. And I'm just like, I mean, my girlfriend, I'm like, because we both come from that realm. So, so for me, it's like, it's always a constant reminder to remind myself I'm in a human body that needs to go to the bathroom <laughs> at certain times. I have to eat. <laughs> I have to actually like move my body and do things to make energy shift and move and say certain words to open up certain energy frequencies to coalesce with someone else on the other side of the planet. And I have to hold the vision and all these different things. And then it's like this like do, 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 do. And then like a month, two months, three months later, here it is, it's there, right? And so my whole thing is I, I'm learning to be patient with that behavior in this, this dimension. This density in this dimension is very fascinating to me, you know. Still, I'm still looking at the density fields of how do you move an object with energy without having to touch it. I'm still going into that's a lot of my experimentation right now. And I'm just really paying attention to the matter and understanding the molecule structures and the density and how things cluster and how do we uncluster them and, you know, the quarks and the nodes and how things are blinking in and out of existence based on science. But all of this is affected by the collective idea of time, human beings and their need for a collective time as a motivational tool to get them to see purpose just drives me insane. And it's <laughs> so, yes, that would be it, my dear. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you're getting you get that reminder. 
myself again. <laughs> Which is a reminder, all of us, the trusting of the timing. Because, yeah, it's, it's easy to just want things right now. Come on. Where are they? That's where we come from. So it's like, and think about it. Like, how many people are like, when is my soulmate coming? When is this person coming? When is that person? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a reason why. Like, the fact that you're in the when and waiting is when you're generating the idea of lack and fear. So that's also a playful aspect of it. It's like, as I'm starting to get annoyed, I'm actually generating a magnetic field that's pushing it further against it yeah which is now even more cosmically uh, like okay i gotta really think creatively of not utilizing words or feelings or reactions that push it further away because of my need of not because of my reaction of not having it now yep totally feel that okay what is it go to to raise your joy levels if maybe you are really upset that something's ha- happening right, right now or or whatever it might come up a, a go-to to raise your joy levels, to bring yourself back to So what brings me back is um, classical horseback riding, um, fencing. So I do a lot of that. Um, spending time with my girlfriend and the kids, uh, listening to kids' stories, <laughs> watching the youngest this just like come and like slap me on the head or like just play little things. Um, uh, being in my VR, being in, uh, in nature, uh, rubbing my dog. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Ask everybody to apply this phrase to their own life. What is easiest for you is not always what is best for you. Not saying that things don't need to be easy, but like so often we fall into a habit or a way of being or thought process. So what is easiest for me is blank. What is best for me is blank. What is easiest for me is to tell me that. What does that mean again? What is easiest for you is not always what is best for you. So it could be like you, a way, like a, a way that you fall into thinking or being or acting. Like what is easiest for me is it could be you know, daily habit, taking care of yourself, how you communicate with people, overworking to not working. Oh, right, right, you know, right, right, what is easiest? Yeah, yeah. For me so is I would say what's easiest for me is to stay up really late and sleep very little hours. What's best for me is to, to go to bed and sleep. So I you know and not do that. There you go. Perfect like, example. Like five and I get like two hours sleep and I'm like, yeah. And everyone's like, that's crazy. <laughs> Whatever works for you. But yes, more sleep could could benefit many people in your life, including yourself. Yeah, so. <laughs> and how you- when I'm not in the meeting, okay, the- that's then you get to see the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last question is, is, the name of the podcast is Claim It, which I brought up earlier. So what are you claiming for yourself right now? So what I'm claiming to myself right now is getting my body to where I want it to be, um, the way I want it to look when I look in the mirror and how I feel. You know, I died in the hospital a long time ago in my um, late 20s and I, when I was in a wheelchair for two years. And so it just, it took a lot. There's so much we could have got into. We had to cut it short, but I'm like, wow, we need to get back into this, your whole life story. Yeah, so <laughs> it was great. For me, it was really, you know, challenging when you're on dialysis for eight years and you've got like, you know, your body just once goes through so much wear and tear and then you get a kidney transplant and then you blow up to like 500 pounds and then you have to lose all that weight. And then, you know, so my body, the way it used to look was I had like a six pack and like my body was like trimmed and like tight. And so for me, it's been a challenge and I know it's a vanity thing, but I'm okay with the van. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and lie and say, I'm not into the vanity thing because then I would be lying to myself and that's not having a true relationship with myself. 
So for me, it's being able to look in the mirror and go, that's the body that my spirit belongs in. Like, that's my vessel. Like, I want my vessel to match what my spirit looks like. And right now, it's not fully there, but it's getting there. And so my claimant right now is every day, like, doing my doing things, keeping my, like, my fencing, my dances, my boxing lessons, my everything, and just keep myself moving and being active because I'm usually sitting, doing healings, talking, lecturing, interviews, and it's always set in there. It's always me sitting down, someone interviewing me from the press. This person's interviewing TV. This thing, this thing, this is what I'm always sitting. So for me, it's getting up, moving my body, moving, 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 moving. That's my claimant. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, I would love to get into more maybe in the future. I love everything you say and how you say it is so great. And um, yes, for claiming that also sleeping will help. Of course. (laughs) For Clay, I was like tying those two in. Three o'clock, are you coming into bed? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm practicing my kickboxing. Thank you so much for your time and your heart and sharing yourself with the world. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me and for everyone out there. I love you. And remember, there's no one who can do it better than you. All right. I would really, really, really love to know what you thought. And especially if you tried, um, you know, did the like when he was prompting with me and what you felt. So feel free to DM me at your joyologist and let me know and share the episode. Tag me. I love that. For show notes, go to yourdryologist.com slash podcast, and you'll see all the podcast guests there with links to things we mentioned. To find more on Shaman Durek, shamandurek.com, at Shaman Durek. I'm, of course, at Your Dryologist, yourdryologist.com. Again, like I mentioned at the beginning, first of all, thank you. Thank you for listening. Whether this is your first episode, your 27th, your 100th. Holy shit, I made it to 100. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Again, if you haven't yet, to leave a review, screenshot it and send it to me at podcast at yourdryologist.com and I'll send you a gift from my product line, which by the way, my product line makes great gifts for people you love, you know, things that empower, inspire, keychains, mugs, the new daily connection journal, all sorts of things to have people owning their awesome, claiming their joy, claiming their life. So hit me up, yourdryologist.com. You can go straight to shop.yourdryologist.com if you're just looking for the products. And also make sure to check out my daily inspiration app called Own Your Awesome. It's in the Google Play and the Apple App Store. Yeah, feel free to DM me. Like I said, I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode and all episodes. I love to be in communication with you guys. For the final thought of the episode, hmm, I'm going to go with creating an I am statement for yourself right now. So that could be, you know, I like to create I am statements based on maybe a doubt, a fear, something that I'm feeling like is lacking within me. So then turn it into what, what do I want? What do I want to have? What do I want to feel? What do I want to believe about myself? So creating an affirmation for yourself right now based on how you want to feel, but instead of I want to feel this, you would change it out to I am. I am alive. I am successful. I am in a committed, loving relationship where I feel seen and heard. So that sort of thing. Think of what you want and then put the words I am in front of it. It could even be like, 
I am a podcast host. If you're sitting here like, man, ah, this girl can just sit down and talk to people. I bet I could do it. Maybe I'll start a podcast one day. Start telling yourself, I am a podcast host. And then that might actually make you go like, start, you know, doing, doing it. Start buying some stuff. Start reaching out to people. Start just hitting record on your phone because you can start that way. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. And a reminder, claim what you want for yourself. Claim what you want to feel. You want to feel joyful? Claim your joy.